Blog Talk Radio.
smoke weed every day. My Hotep, Grand Rising, and Better Love. You are listening to the Truth to Power show. I'm Beverly, and this is Friday with Thomas Tugmo Smith. And he's looking at Welcome to the Chinese State of America. How are you doing this evening, Tugmo? I'm doing great, Bev. I played those songs for a reason. <laughs> those three okay. songs in particular. Yes, ma'am. But good evening, okay. Beth. How's everything going in Detroit? Good that I know of. Oh, you know, that's I'm looking good. everywhere that's else good. but Detroit. I couldn't really tell. I'm looking in all directions for still looking at home. <laughs> oh, man. Did you see that um, Chinese parade in San Francisco? No. What was that today? No, that was on um, probably Monday or Tuesday. No, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, when Biden met okay. with the president of China, and uh-huh. um, they rolled out the literally rolled out the red carpet for him. And um, you know he rolling like he, yeah, man. They had the the whole. The first thing is. They cleaned up the streets. <laughs> they got they got rid of all the the tents and everything, man. Yo, y'all gotta move, man. We got the president of China coming. We gotta make it look clean out here. We spray painted oh. the streets and cleaned it. Spray painted them black and everything, so that it looked nice and pristine. Had a bunch of people mm-hmm. standing out there, at least five thousand people, with red shirts on, red flags, Chinese flags. Draped everything mm-hmm. in red, so while he's riding through, you know, it looked like he in China. I said, this wow. is the Chinese states of America now. This is ridiculous, you know. Uh, um, mm-hmm. y- yes, that was, um, took me for a loop, you know what so I'm saying? So did they tell, did the news media say anything that he was coming? Did, did, did they brought Oh, yeah, you know, we knew he was coming probably for the last few years. They have this summit mm-hmm. um, where the Asian country leaders come into the Western country leaders, and it's um, they're talking about technology and all these things, and um, you know, make deals with each other. And the big tech mm-hmm. companies, of course, they're all in business with China, and China is very intelligent. I'll give you mm-hmm. some examples. All right, General Motors, Ford, Chrysler, big three automakers in America. Their biggest market for selling cars isn't the United States, it's China. China got a billion and a half people, and they got more highways in the United States than they built them in the last, like, 20 years. They they got twice as many highways as we have. Everything is connected. So mm-hmm. what China does is say, listen, uh, Ford... A General Motors car, be it a Buick or a Chevy, uh, be it a uh, any Chrysler, you know, be it a Dodge or um, a Jeep, you know, any of those cars that's American cars, the Chinese people look at them like Americans look at a Mercedes and a BMW. That's like a luxury oh, that's car. Luxury. That's yeah, those sell okay. at a premium over there. So. What we would call like a a Chevy Lumina, or you know, like a, a, a let's just go with something like a a Chevy um, Impala, right? 
Mm-hmm. That's a hundred thousand dollar car in China. That sells like a, wow. a BMW six hundred. You know, I mean a Mercedes mm-hmm. five hundred right there. That's that's mm-hmm. a hundred thousand dollar car, right? So what China does is they give um they give incentives to American companies, right? So being that they want the cars, but they have their laws that they have to um in their laws they have to make the cars bid. They give they get into fifty fifty partnerships with the China, uh, with the Chinese government. So the Chinese government will build the factory and they make the cars there and they sell the cars there and the American company gets fifty percent of the money that the Chinese government collects. So it's free mm-hmm. money for the American car companies, right? So Ford, mm-hmm. Chrysler, they're all making killings in China. So um they're mm-hmm. kinda they don't want to see their money, you know, dissolve. So they're they're in um, tribute to China. You know, this is free money for them. All they're doing is right. sending over their intellectual property, and the Chinese factories is making it with their cheap labor, and they're selling it at double the price they sell it for here. So they're making pretty much what they would make off the car if they sold it here every time China sells the car for them. So it's perfect mm-hmm. money for them, right? And th- mm-hmm. so you could imagine the same thing for the tech companies, Google, and who makes their phones over there. And, you know, they all getting, they're all making a killing dealing with the Chinese market. So um, they're over here cheering for him, man, giving him standing ovations, throwing all types of parties for the president of China. I said, look at this, uh-huh. man. He, like, this wow. is the Chinese states of America. Our, we all yeah. know this is a corporate government, and the biggest corporations, yeah. Apple, Amazon, well, who makes all the stuff Amazon sells on their website? China. Who yeah. makes the iPhone? China. You understand? Mm-hmm. So they all need China, they, and they, they're making it pretty much cheap as, as you can make it, selling it for double the price, because in China, iPhone is like, it's like gold over there. You know what I'm saying? That, mm-hmm. That's you know, way bigger than it is here. So, um, all that to say, um, the Chinese states of America, this is what they have created because we make nothing here. Nothing at all. Um, I know. Everything so, I look, all mm-hmm. the labels say made in China. Every label you look at, everything is like made in China. The only time I've seen something that said made in the United States is when, Red, uh, when uh, Trump was in. So I know China and them, they don't want Trump back in. Mm-hmm. The last thing they want is for us to start making stuff again because we're going to mm-hmm. outproduce them, not so much as outproduce them, but our the quality of the thing that we make will be at a higher standard. You know what I'm saying? Right. The problem that the, the U.S. corporations have is that when they hire Americans, they got to pay us at least minimum wage. You got to give mm-hmm. us health care. You got to give us vacation. Mm-hmm. You got to give us breaks. They don't got none of them problems in China. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. 30 cents a day. How many people going, you know, that, that's it. Um, I'll give you an example of that even. Uh, if you ever see this um, country, and it's an Arab country, Beth, it's in, um, mm-hmm. on the coast, on the Persian Gulf Coast. It's called the United Arab Emirates. And mm-hmm. they have a big city there called Dubai. 
Dubai is their big city. Um, and Dubai yeah. has all these fancy buildings, right? Yeah, uh, and yeah. they have a one building in particular. It's called the Burj Khalifa. It's three mm-hmm. times. It's three of the Empire State Buildings on top of each other. That's how tall it is. Super mm-hmm. tall. They built the building for $1.5 billion. You think, mm-hmm. well, how do you build something like that for only $1.5 billion with the, the it, it's twice the size of the World Trade Center we have here that cost almost $5 billion to build. But they mm-hmm. charge, they get people from all over the world to come do the construction on these projects from over there in Dubai. And they give them $10 a day. Mm-hmm. That's your fee for working on those huge construction projects. And people from all over the world come there. They take care of their their living arrangements while they're making the buildings and all that stuff. But they come all from all over the world because $10 a day is way more than what they get in their country. You know, so they'll right. take the risk. And people die on these projects, up in these high buildings, standing on beams, you know what I'm saying? Don't mm-hmm. have no real protection, you know, but that's what they do. So um, mm-hmm. cheap labor, that's, that's what moves the world. Um, now, the reason why I had you play those songs, and I'm going to go in the opposite order. Um, mm-hmm. The last one you played was Snoop Dogg. Well, Snoop mm-hmm. Dogg announced this week that he's giving up on smoking <laughs> weed. Yeah, and I, I said, have. what? <laughs> yeah, so Snoop Dogg, Shox fans, announced that he's giving up smoke. And an anonymous mess, an ominous message posted on his social media platform on Thursday, Snoop Dogg declared, I'm giving up smoke. And next to him was an image of his hands in prayer. After much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time. Like, see, somebody done damn die. Respect my privacy at this time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, well, I wouldn't even care about this article, but I watched um, Dr. Boyce Watkins, and he gave a show, and he was talking about how he he thinks that it's um, health reasons and all these other all these other things. And I said, hmm, Snoop, he's on the show with Martha Stewart. You ever see that, Beth? I mean, Martha Stewart doing Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it a couple mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. And um, what would be, if you look at the marijuana industry, the cannabis industry, it's saturated. All these different brands, more states are coming in. Those states got their own brands they're coming with. And, um, you know, like even here in New York, right? When they first legalized in New York, there wasn't any legal dispensaries you could go to. So all of the rape shops started selling weed. The, the You know, they sell the rape pens and all that stuff so you could smoke the oils and stuff. So mm-hmm. they would get the stuff from California and have it here. But now that it's becoming more and more accessible in New York, now the brands are New York brands. And it's on. It's it's almost not quite there yet, but pretty close to the quality of the stuff from California. So you see how these brands, new brands, are coming out, right? It's all about mm-hmm. branding. That's the whole thing. So right. what's better for Snoop with the show with Martha Stewart? 
selling food and stuff to have a edibles. See, mm-hmm. he's gonna stop smoking, and I bet you he's gonna start eating. promoting eating. Yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. So watch mm-hmm. for the shift on him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so that's why I but, had to but, play Snoop with his smoke weed okay. every day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of the professional people, you know, the executive and 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 doctors, and at least in, in my family. They don't smoke. They eat. Yeah, I I noticed that, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eating it does nothing for me. I don't know, man. But um, (laughs) I'm a big guy. Maybe I don't eat enough. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, and I see a lot of professionals in New York City, man, they come Mm -hmm. out for a break, and they light up a joint. Like like it's a cigarette right in front of their office building. Like it's nothing now. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, man, they don't care if they get caught. Right, because you, you can know, smell they got it their on little, you. They got their little cologne and perfume. They spritz on before they go back in the building. You know, but um, might be on their lunch break, so they're going to walk around for a little while before they go in. But I, mm-hmm. I'm shocked at the amount of people that just feel so free. And I'm talking white people. No, not even talking mm-hmm. black people, talking white people. Okay, um now I wanted to play that song with Puffy. His song that mm-hmm. he had on his album with um and the single was Keisha Cole. And, and you know, we all mm-hmm. love Keisha Cole because we relate to her situation. You know, we saw her mm-hmm. family and her mother and everything that, and it's like damn, you know. Yeah, we, we've all come from the hood, so we relate yeah. to it, you know. Um, but at the end there, you heard him, you know, man, I couldn't be without you for a second. I was about to come and shoot the whole place, you know, because you, as you, if you mm-hmm. hadn't noticed, Puff Daddy's being sued by his mm-hmm. ex-girlfriend. Did you see that, Beth? No, I didn't see that. Okay. Cassie says Diddy threatened to blow up. Well, before I even get into this, this is the, I pointed this article out because that's the real criminal charge. Um, his ex-girlfriend he was with for ten years. Her name was Cassie. She, I think she's half black and half Filipino, and um, she's also a singer. But she didn't have a great career. She signed to his record label, um, and you know, we all know how Diddy gets down. So we always mm-hmm. knew she was a beard, you know, saying that's not mm-hmm. being interested in no females like that, you know. But um, she's suing him, right, now saying that he had for 10 years raped her, um, humiliated her, um, made, forced her to have sex with male porn stars and male sex workers while he watched and he got off to it. And he filmed mm-hmm. all these sexual sessions she had with these men and used that to mm-hmm. blackmail her, to hold that over her head. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. all this type of abuse, mental and physical abuse that she endured. So she wants $30 million. And mm-hmm. um, Puffy's lawyer comes out and says, well, uh, for the last couple of years, she's been trying to put out a tell-all book and um, threatening Puffy, that if, you know, you don't 
um, give, give me $30 million, I'm going to put a book out that's going to expose you. So Puffy went around legal ways to get that book so it could never come out. So now she had one month to go before the statutes of limitation was up to file this in a civil court, so she did it. So now this is all mm-hmm. coming out civilly. So, you know, listen, I don't, I don't, we all know Puffy is a piece of poopy. You know what I'm saying? So if, nothing, he, if he did it or not, it wouldn't shock me. Everybody that's ever been right. next to him is dead. You know, uh, everybody's dead. Like, you know, this guy is like a walking cemetery. So um, this article here, she's, this is one of the things she claims. Cassie says Diddy threatened to blow up Kid Cootie's car before it exploded in his driveway. Now, Kid Cootie is another rapper, a young rapper. Um, I'm not really into his music, but I've heard of him, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So here in the article, Sean Diddy Combs allegedly threatened to blow up rapper Kid Cootie's car shortly after, I mean, shortly before the vehicle exploded in his driveway in 2012. According to a shocking legal complaint filed by singer Cassie that alleges she suffered a decade of abuse from Diddy. So this is why I say this is the one that's criminal. So um, in February 2012, Mr. Combs told Miss Ventura, that's the, the, the last name of Cassie, the one that's suing him, that he was going to blow up Kid Cootie's car and he wanted to ensure that Kid Cootie was home with his friends when it happened. The complaint says, around the time, Kid Cootie's car exploded in his driveway. Kid Cootie confirmed the account in a statement to the New York Times. This is all true, the rapper said through his spokesperson. So, wait a minute. You sent the girl to a dude's house to make sure he was home so you could blow up his car in his driveway to send him a message? And you add to that, now the guy on trial for the Tupac whole thing and Diddy is all mentioned into that whole thing. So this is um it's not looking good for Mr. Puffy, right? And you gotta right. think, man, how did Puffy mess up? What did he do? And you guys might remember that I read the article a few months ago where he was suing Dia Gio, Diageo. This is Diageo mm-hmm. is the largest um, manufacturer and seller of alcohol in the world. They have oh, yeah. brands like Captain Morgan's. They have brands like um, uh, man, probably E and J, and um, you know Georgie's, and they have all types of liquor brands. They control seventy percent of the whiskey market just themselves with Jameson and. The Scotch market with um, uh, the red label and black label and blue that that brand they own all of it. They they're huge. They're bigger than any other liquor company. Okay, and they also own a vodka that they call Ciroc. Now Puffy mm-hmm. was the spokesperson for Ciroc, and all that time we thought he owned it, right? You thought he owned this, right? Puffy killing it, right. man. But he was just the spokesperson. He got one to three percent of the sale. Okay, but the deal was put: if he could make this company successful, they'll give him his own liquor brand. 
that he owns and controls. They'll manufacture it, do all the work, you know. He'll be mm-hmm. independent, but they'll still have a hand in everything so he doesn't have to worry about anything. And he said, cool. So he, for years, for over a decade, on these commercials and tuxedos, acting like black people got all that money to be sitting around drinking Ciroc and stuff. And um, we find out that, you know, he didn't own it because he sues the company. The company, Diagio, he sues them for racism. He said, man, what was Mm -hmm. racist, right? Well, his brand that they gave him after doing such a great job making Savaka almost $4 billion a year liquor. Um, yeah, because that's they, all everybody was drinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Point. So they give, him, they give him his own tequila brand. Tequila mm-hmm. is the hottest liquor right now. That's what all the stars are drinking. You know, all the Mexicans okay. are coming over. They're drinking tequila. So high-end mm-hmm. tequila is a big market. The company, mm-hmm. the uh, Diageo, they already own, um, they own Patron, and they own uh, Casamigos, right, which George Clooney brand they bought from him for a few billion dollars so they could control mm-hmm. all of that. So here comes mm-hmm. Puffy with his own tequila brand called Delion. So he got these nice fancy bottles, man, is selling at a premium price. And nobody ever heard of it, right? Because they didn't get no commercials. They didn't they didn't have them all over the place with it like when it was Savak. So he right. said, Yo, my 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 product that you guys and I have this partnership with isn't selling. Uh how come that you guys aren't putting it in commercials and giving it the same type of attention? And they said, We don't have a budget for you, bro. You know, that's a urban they played them. Yeah, they played them. That's an urban brand. We we don't put money behind urban brands. We just, you know, like Savak was an urban brand, but you made it into a big brand. Do the same thing for your own company. Mm-hmm. We're not doing, mm-hmm. we're not going to help you. You know, we're already making the product mm-hmm. and everything for you. Just get to work. So he sues them saying, yo, this is wrong. You know, they didn't do this to George Clooney and those guys, you know. They didn't do that to... um. The um, Kardashian girl who has her own um, tequila with the 180, 1800 or 181, something like that, 818, I think mm-hmm. it's called. So he's pissed, you know what I'm saying? So he sues them, and ever since he sued them, it's been a snowball uh-huh. effect to everything out. falling yeah. apart for you. Yes. Yeah. Mess with yeah. the people. This is the Qaddafi effect. You got in the bed uh-huh. with those people. You can't turn around and want to be Mr. Love now. You know, Gaddafi was in bed with them crackers for too many years for him to turn around yeah. and start his own money. They like, niggas, you crazy? You know we know everything right. you do. You know what I'm saying? So that was why I had the Diddy thing played. And mm-hmm. lastly, you played R. Kelly to start it. R. Kelly, in my opinion, probably the greatest R&B singer of all time. You count mm-hmm. the songs. I mean, he got hit for hit for hit for hit for hit. Uh, only person mm-hmm. who could probably beat him in a versus type battle would be Michael Jackson. And Michael got to mm-hmm. dance. If Michael don't dance, R. Kelly going to smoke him. He got to dance. You know, R. don't got to do nothing but sing. Um, but anyway, 
Incarcerated R. Kelly sues America prison officer after private details of romantic relationship were leaked to YouTube, YouTuber for monetary gain, clout, and simple harassment. Okay. So, could we see R. Kelly get out of jail? Because of this? Have you ever heard of Tarsha K? No. I know mm-hmm. the fan probably never heard of her. She's a YouTuber. She's a... Okay. Uh, and what she's what she's famous for is she she was like the nowhere near the talent of her, but she was like the Wendy Williams of YouTube. Let's just say she's the gossip queen. Everything these oh, entertainers okay. is doing. Right. She mm-hmm. got the story. Okay. She got pictures. Yeah. She got details. She got people on the phone mm-hmm. who were there. She got it all mm-hmm. right. Um, okay, I, I, I heard a program. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and she has like is drinking wine and talking, and um, mm-hmm. and, and she hates black men. She loves Africans. She hates black men. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. she um, she had put out a story about Cardi B, saying that mm-hmm. Cardi B had herpes, and mm-hmm. um, well, she probably course, do in the she, industry she was in. Well, you know, everybody thought she was telling the truth. So she puts mm-hmm. this story out and she claims she had this good source that said that she gave him herpes and da 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 da. And mm-hmm. she went with this story. And uh, it started picking up a lot of traction because she gets millions of people that flee over a week watch her videos and mm-hmm. stuff, right? So right. Right. She, she tells this story about Cardi B having herpes. And Cardi B sends her a cease and desist, saying, listen, stop saying this about me. It's not true. And she mm-hmm. goes on to come out with I mean, she can send me a cease. I know it's true because I got proof in this and the other. So Cardi B takes a herpes test. And it comes mm-hmm. back negative. She don't got herpes. Mm-hmm. So she tells her, listen, I'm, this is my last time telling you, take all those videos down or I'm going to sue you. And this girl tripled mm-hmm. down on it, knowing that mm-hmm. you have no wins in this. And Cardi B sued her in federal court and got $4 million from this girl who wasn't making no $4 million. You know what I'm saying? She mm-hmm. broke this girl. This girl been mm-hmm. ducking and dodging. Every time she put out a YouTube video, the money go to Cardi. So she moved to Africa to try to hide the money. The IRS went over there and got her ass caught up with her. So now all the assets mm-hmm. in Africa, you know, is going. So she's all messed up in the game. So okay. all that, so you get a backdrop on who she is because she's the YouTuber that R. Kelly has in this complaint here. Um. Mm-hmm. Now, in this article, racketeering, sex trafficking, child pornography, convict Robert Sylvester Kelly, better known as R. Kelly, has sued the United States of America, a bureau prisoner's officer, a YouTuber, over a leak of private information about his romantic relationships, claiming repeated invasions of his privacy were done for monetary gain, clout, and simple harassment. R. Kelly, now 56 years old, claims the U.S. is liable for negligence due to unknown um, Bureau of Prisons officer, A, it's two of them, A, violation of Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, the CFAA Act, 
through unauthorized access to the plaintiff's true view, private BOP prison records, a whopping 153 times, which allegedly resulted in sharing and selling of the information to Lakeisha Keeb, who is Tasha Kay. Okay, so uh, I'm not even going to read all this. I'm just going to give y'all the breakdown of what was going on at this time. R. Kelly's in prison for on trial for his sex case. Uh, at this time, this YouTuber, Tasha Kay, has videos where she has this mm-hmm. really good information on everything R. Kelly's doing in jail. And it's almost like, how she get this information? His phone call transcripts, uh, what he ate for breakfast, what he ate for lunch, his medical problems, um, what type of medication he's on, uh, if he went to um, see a doctor or not. She has all this. Every every move he's making, she has on her show. So it's, everyone starts tuning in as it gets closer and closer to verdict time because she has all this information. So she's putting out all this information um, because she has a person that works for the Bureau of Prisons who has access to R. Kelly's um, personal file. She's putting her password in and pulling up the files, printing the stuff off, giving it to another person who's a prison guard who's selling it to Tarsha K. Okay? So Tarsha K is buying this information because so, she's making a hell of a lot of money off of it on YouTube, right? So, But this is all illegal. You can't do that. So he's on trial and his personal phone calls. So he's calling his lawyer. He's talking to his mother or whoever, his family members. You're putting all that information out there, right? So um, what ended up happening was, while some of the information that Tarsha K put out there was R. Kelly talking to a female who wasn't his girlfriend. The girlfriend is riding for him. She's going to testify on his behalf. 90% of the case is based off the testimony of this girlfriend, and Tarsha K is putting out there that he's receiving gifts and stuff and talking to these other females the girlfriend turns on him. And she's the star witness for the prosecution now instead of being his witness that would prove that, oh, he's a gentle person. He doesn't harm anyone. She goes on a stand. He he tried to kill me, you know, and all that type of stuff. So he's suing, saying that none of this would have happened if this didn't happen. And he got a pretty good case because all of this was, if this happened to in in the regular world, Everybody, man, somebody would be going to jail for this. You can't do that. You, so the Bureau of Prisoners officer, they allow her to re- retire. She worked there for 30 years already. They allow her to retire, keep her pension, and they didn't charge her with anything. Now, R. Kelly wants people to go to jail. So we'll see what happens with this, Bev. Um, so that was the reason why I had to play those three songs. Okay. Um, okay. If you recall, a few months ago, we did a story on the Chinese bio lab that was found in California, had all these things. So um, the update, and uh, this is coming from um, activist post, secret China link bio lab in California was holding deadly viruses containing refrigerators full of Ebola, COVID, herpes, HIV, E. coli, 
and hundreds of mice engineered to carry the COVID virus, okay? So that's the title of the article. And um, this was back in May 4th. Um, and we just, that, that's how far back, all around that time. It says from May 2nd to May 4th. So go around that time because we definitely talked about this. The, co- the CDC Division of Select Agents Toxins inspected 850 valves. Court documents confirmed the CDC found potential infecting agents at the location. These included both bacteria and viral agents from chlamydia, E. coli, streptopus, pneumonia, hepatitis B and C, herpes 1 and 5, and rheumatoid. CDC also found samples of malaria. Now, this was Chinese people in a lab that wasn't authorized to have a lab in America. No one knew this lab existed. A cop went out there and tried to figure out something like why they had a water line hooked up. You know, know, this is supposed to be an empty building. What's going on? And when he looked through the window, it blew his mind what he saw. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, Another article here from Zero Hedge, who, the World Health Organization, cleaned up Ebola rape scandal with $250 payoff for Congolese victims' documents exposed. Uh, World Health Organization went to the Congo between 2018 and 2020. Nearly two dozen workers for the UN agency preyed on more than 100 Congolese women with dozens of staffers raping, sexually abusing, and otherwise harassing these women. Um, uh, some of these women had children from these um, workers, and were, a lot of them were forced to have abortions from them. Um, but either way, what they went over there, the World Health Organization, these are people that made us put on a mask for damn near two years, they went over there and gave these Congolese women who were raped $250. $250 each. A grand total, what they gave out was $26,000. Even though the UN gave them $56 million to pay these women, that's all they gave them. Yeah. And they kept yep. all the money. Wow. And they kept the rest of the money. Yep. Mm-hmm. So just that, and um, this one, the bottom 80% has gotten significantly poorer since the pandemic began. And this is creating a Robin Hood mentality all over America. And they ain't lying. I'm seeing people just thinking that they entitled to stuff because they can't afford it. You know how many people you see just walking into places and stealing stuff? You know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so either way, uh, without going into this, y'all can look this up. Bottom 80% has gotten significantly poorer since the beginning of the pandemic, the Robin Hood effect. And, um, Man, the rich keep getting richer, the poor keep getting poorer. That's how it works. Um, but in the article here, it says millions of Americans received a pay cut over the last two years thanks to high inflation, a blow to President Biden as he attempts to censor his reelection campaign around Bidenomics. The Labor Department reported Tuesday that the average hourly earning for all employees in the United States is $11.05 as of October. That's a 3.32% decline from just 12 months ago, where it was $11.43. So, I mean, they even going lower on $11. 
You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, there's big problems here. They're covering it up. We definitely in a recession. You know, every indicator for a recession has happened, but they won't admit it. You know, they won't admit we're in a recession. You know, um, yeah, so, um, man, freedom of speech is on the table here, man. Um, and before I get into this this stuff here, I want to go into this article. And this is coming from on the Veterans Time. Um, ADL data on the rise of anti-Semitic incidents doesn't add up. I'm, I'm, forgive me, this is from Mint Press. Okay. It um yeah, this is this here. ADL. Doctor X has been going on the ADL for the last few years. Or probably longer than that. Um ADL data on the rise of anti Semitic incidents doesn't add up. A new high public a new highly publicized report from the anti defamation league claims that anti-Semitic incidents across the United States have skyrocketed more than 400%. But these ADL numbers don't add up unless one equates opposition to Israel's bombardment of Gaza with hatred of Jews. And that's exactly what they're doing. The Anti-Defamation League finding that anti-Semitic incidents in the United States have risen exponentially have made headlines both well, in America and worldwide, every major news publication has posted articles saying that from MSNBC, CBS, PBS, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, etc. American Jews are purportedly facing a wave of hatred and violence unlike never before, leaving many terrified at the prospect of merely leaving their house. Who believes that? I, I live in New York. I don't see it. Okay, dodgy data. As proof of this wave, the, uh, as proof of this wave, the ADL publishes an interactive and regularly updated um, report of incidents. Yet included in this map of anti-Jewish hate crimes, 153 rallies and demonstrations for Palestine, which the influential NGO reflexively labels as problematic providing no further incident. So all these people who standing up with the Palestine flags and talking about, you know, they want peace, those people, the Jews, have labeled as hate crimes, you see? So this is creating this thing. There's also 84 further rallies across the America that ADL claims supports terror. These protests, the organizations insist, excluded explicit, strong, explicit support for Hamas. Although, again, the map doesn't explain further, you know, and I think that what they try to do, and they do this very cleverly, is they try to use them interchangeably, Hamas and Palestine. So if you support Palestine, they'll try to say, oh, you support Hamas. You see what I'm saying? Like, they're the same thing. They're two totally different entities, right? Um, Other episodes include on the ADL list are also potentially questionable. For example, one incident in Chicago was described as such. Individuals at a pro-Palestine rally chased and physically assaulted an individual holding a picture of the Israeli flag. This guy goes to the Palestinian rally 
with the Israeli flag waving it around, and he wonders why someone punched him in the face, right? And then they call that a hate crime. But you created it. You understand? Um, nor does the list, nor does it list the indifference between the trivial matters, extreme events. A large percentage of the incidents noted was simply racist signs being spotted. For instance, in Medfield, Massachusetts, a swastika was carved into a portable toilet at a school. This made the incident list. A swastika was sprayed on a utility pole in Wallington, PA. This made the incident list. Even though no one was hurt, and we don't even know if Jewish people live in these neighborhoods or areas, right? But they put those on the list because they control the list. They could do whatever. The ADL is not the only pro-Israel NGO attempting to portray uh, opposition to Israel's violence as inherent racism. And, and stop the anti-Semitism. Stop anti-Semitism. That's a group. It's called Stop Anti-Semitism. For instance, uh, showed posted pictures of a truck displaying a message reading, Israel kills one child every 10 minutes and U.S. aid to Israel, and another truck with the sign saying Free Palestine as problematic, and they took these people license plate numbers. Okay? So um, this is getting out of hand, right? You can't you, you got to support what they want you to support, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, they could do whatever, but you can't, you know, also... Back to the article. Um, Anti-Defamation League has gone out of its way to consistently equate opposition to Israel government policies with racism. Indeed, ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt has gone further than the standard line of anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. On MSNBC last month, he said that, and I quote, anti-Zionism is genocide, explaining this position, Greenblatt doubled down insisting every Jewish person is a Zionist. It's our fundamental to existence. So if you call someone a Zionist or you point out a Jew that's a Zionist, that's now as bad as saying they're anti-Semite. That's like, you know, they'll say you're anti-Semitic. You could be anti-Zionist and not be anti-Semitic, but they're putting those two things at the same thing. Um, Boycott and the boycotters. Given their stance on the anti-Zionism, it's perhaps no surprise that the Anti-Defamation League has used the tactics of boy, of, for people boycotting Israel as anti-Semitic. And as global boycott divestment sanctions movement has grown, the ADL has found creative ways to undermine it. Chief amongst these is to move into the field of investing in order to shield Israel from being targeted from ethnic investment companies. So what they do now, the Anti-Defamation League, when they see that a company, a corporation, is is not going along with this whole Israel thing, this whole Zionist thing, they might be opposition, they go and buy a significant amount of stocks into that company. So now they have voice and what that company says and does. You know, so once they get a significant, this is BlackRock, you know, once they get a significant mm-hmm. amount of stock in your company, you better support what we tell you to support because we own you, you know. Um, the last part of this article here is training American cops to be more like Israelis, okay? 
The Anti-Defamation League has a further effect on American society than many realize. For one, the ADL is the single largest non-governmental police trainer in the country. Every major metropolitan police department in America has sent officers to the ADL Advanced Training School, which the school instruction on extremism and terrorism for more than 250 U.S. agencies, including ICE, the FBI, and the NYPD, of course, and I'm sure probably Detroit cops and Chicago cops and everywhere else. ADL is now training. ADL training is now mandatory for all new FBI special agents. The ADL also facilitates American law enforcement officials to train in Israel and for Israel and American forces to trade practices with one another. Thus, the surveillance and the intimidation tactics honed on the Palestinians living in open-air prisons in Palestine find their way to back to the United States where police increasingly threat, um, increasing threat to low-income neighborhoods and communities of color, similar to the, how Israel suppresses its indigenous people. Excuse me. A perfect example of this is Ferguson, Missouri, the killing of Mike Brown. In 2014, police officer Darren Wilson shot an unarmed 18-year-old black male while his hands was up and was begging him not to fire. Is the event sparked nationwide protests. The police chief, Timothy Finch, the head of the county police department, had received an ADL-funded trip to Israel where he met with the trained Israel counterinsurgency specialist. Activists and consistency highlighted the parallels and connections between the American and Israel law enforcement from tactics to weapons. Brown is far from the only American victim of Israeli-trained police violence. In 2006, Atlanta cops, fresh from the counterterrorism and drug enforcement exchange program with Israel soldiers, carried out a no-knock raid on the home of a 92-year-old black woman, Katherine Johnson. After firing 39 shots, police killed Johnson, planted drugs on her corpse, and left her to bleed to death. Okay, and um, so as we know, if anyone didn't need confirmation, we've been saying for years, all these cops are being trained in Israel that's killing all these black people, you know, and this is confirmation on that. So um, you got that stuff going on, Bev. I'm just going to go through the news, um, and uh, everything's going to sort of tie together because um, have you seen what Elon Musk did this week, Bev? No. What did he do? Okay, man. So that's why I went through the Anti-Defamation League piece right there. Um, man, 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 my man Elon. My man Elon, my man Elon. Okay? Elon Musk boasts anti-Semitic tweet, claims ADL and other groups push anti-white messaging. Well, he's in big trouble, better. You know? How you put the world's richest man in big trouble, man? These people, boy. Musk agreed with a tweet that said Jewish people have been pushing dielectric hatred against whites and later criticized by the ADL. Um, Musk leads half dozen companies that employ around 150,000 people worldwide. 
including SpaceX, Tesla, The Boring Company, Novolink, X Corporation, which is Twitter, and his later venture, XAI. Right? So, they're trying to take his companies from him, Bev, now. And what he did was someone on Twitter, X, uh, Musk, who has never reserved his social media posts for business matters alone, drew attention to a tweet that said, Jewish people have been pushing the exact kind of dielectric hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. Musk replied to that tweet with the empathetic agreement. You have said the actual truth. In response to Musk's tweet, the Anti-Defamation League CEO, Jonathan Greenblatt, wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, at a time when anti-Semitism is exploding in America and surging around the world, it is undisputedly dangerous to use one's influence to validate and promote anti-Semitic theories. Okay? After Musk began to fake backlash from endorsing anti- the anti-Semitic tweet, I didn't see that tweet as being anti-Semitic. I saw it as being true. Okay, mm-hmm. they do they do have a uh, uh, they do use those same tactics against whites who have a problem with them. Okay, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're a race, like you know. Uh, but you know, let me keep going. Uh, where was I? Where was I? Where was I? After Musk got the backlash, blah, 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 he wrote the ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West, despite the majority of the West supporting Jewish people in Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups who are their primary threat. This is the right to, it needs to, this is not right, it needs to stop, right? So that's what his response was, no apology. He doubled down on it, right? Yeah, y'all do come and attack the West who don't agree with you. You know, you start calling them, oh, they're extremists, they're right wing, or they're far left. Anyone who don't agree with them, they got a label for them, right? Um, so uh, he blamed, um, Elon Musk has blamed the ADL for a 60% drop in revenue at X. He said he had no choice but to file a defamation lawsuit against the group. And if you remember, Dr. X did a show uh, where he was talking about how um, Netanyahu came over here and met with Elon Musk regarding this anti-defamation, um, regarding the anti-defamation league and a lawsuit that um, Elon Musk was putting against him because the anti-defamation league owns damn near half the bots at Twitter, and they was kicking mm-hmm. off all the people from Twitter who disagreed with them, right? So um, mm-hmm. another article here, exclusive, Apple to pause advertising on X after Matt, after Musk bash, excuse me, some, I'm reading too fast. Exclusive, Apple to pause advertising on X after Musk backs anti-Semitic posts. Apple is pausing all advertising on X, the Elon Musk social note, note further known, formerly known as Twitter, sources tell Axios. Why it matters, the move follows X, uh, Musk's endorsement of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. See how they they say what he said is a conspiracy theory, even though it's true. Yeah. As well as yeah. Apple's ads reportedly being placed along the far right content. Apple has 
been a major advertiser on the social media site and is pausing all future business with X. Similar move was done today by IBM. So here you have companies now starting to pull away from Twitter because he said this about agree. First, first one was he agreed with someone else. Remember Kyrie just said, hey, this is a good movie. And that was it for him, mm-hmm. right? He, somebody mm-hmm. puts a tweet out. He says, yeah, I think you're right. You're right. And no, uh, you're in trouble now. You know, you agree with someone we didn't agree with. High school stuff, Dev. So um, the White House, this is another article, White House criticizes Elon Musk for hideous anti-Semitic lie. I mean, this hit the White House. The White House has excused Elon Musk of repeating a hideous lie about Jewish people after ex-owner appeared to respond unapprovingly to an excuse me, appeared to respond approvingly to an anti-Semitic post on the platform. Okay, um, we condemn this adherent promotion of anti-Semitic and racist hate in the strongest terms. The White House spokesperson said, and his name was Andrew Bates. It's unacceptable to repeat hideous lie behind the most fatal act of anti-Semitism in American history at any time. Let us one let let alone one month after the deadliest day for Jewish people since the Holocaust. Okay, so you see how they play on that whole terrorist thing, which is all this is all propaganda. You know, you 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 just have to agree with them. Mister uh, Mr. Musk responded with his truth comment to a post that accused Jewish communities of pushing hatred against whites and included anti-immigrant sentiments. It appeared to be an endorsement of a racist and anti-Semitic conspiracy theory known as white genocide, which argues that Jewish people systematically plot to encourage immigration of non-white people to Western countries in order to eliminate the white race. (sighs) Okay. Bev, you ever met a Jewish person that wasn't white? Uh no. All right. I think think Indians that was real dark, but I haven't seen a Jewish person that didn't look white. I ain't never met one that wasn't white either. (laughs) So that's all I gotta say. We have we have a whole Mm -hmm. Jewish community uh, here, uh, and Mm -hmm. all of them look white. Oh yeah, uh-huh. we have a huge one here too, Bev. And not only do they mm-hmm. look white, they'll tell you they white. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What else would you be in America <laughs> if you had the choice, right? So, um, yeah, um, we had a lot going on in Israel. I'll save that one. These Israel ones for later. Um. Got a lot going on with these illegals, Bev. We are the yeah. Some of them um, going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got some articles here. Yep. Democrats melt down over new Texas bill to arrest and deport immigrants. This is from Zero Hedge. And um, yeah, Texas wants to start arresting them and um, keeping them in huge fields, instead of sending them all over the country, 
and set them up to go right back. You know what I'm saying? Instead of letting them come through the country. I think that's a smart idea, but of course the Democrats are saying, oh, that's inhumane. How dare you do that? That's not right. That's not how it's supposed to work. So that's what we got here. Um, Gateway Pundit, things in Chicago are so bad the Venezuelan illegals are fleeing back to Venezuela. Mm-hmm. With illegals from Venezuela want to leave the U.S. and go back to their Marxist hellhole, that's a clear sign that things are going really bad. In particular, the particular city we're referring to is Chicago, Illinois. Lack of work opportunities, living in shelters, has convinced many illegals that it might, it, 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 they might just be better off back home. Chicago has been known as a sanctuary city, so thousands of illegal entering the U.S. were sent there by Governor Greg Abbott in Texas. Things are things are rapidly changing for them individually including a difficult winter, lack of support from local government, many are considering going back to Venezuela. This is very revealing of the hypocrisy of a sanctuary city. They talk big game until it's actually time to put things to the test. Venezuelan-born Michael Catajan, 39, and his family have been sleeping on the floor of a police station and then shelters after he could not afford to pay rent in Chicago because his permit was taken a long, um, taken so long to arrive. Even with the city voucher and rental assistance, they're giving them rental assistance. You know, it, would, it was not enough to sustain Castor John's family. Once, once it ran out, they ended up sleeping on the floor of a police station. After finding a job, it was still not adequate enough to survive. He felt it was better to return to Venezuela and deal with his harsh government. So he left. And, um, you know, they got a couple more stories of people who left. Once again, Gateway Pundit, things in Chicago are so bad, Venezuelan illegals are fleeing back to Venezuela. So um, we got some winds coming out in Chicago. And uh, I, I suspect that cold, that cold. <laughs> First day they felt the little cold weather, bad. They was like, oh, shit, what is this? Um, mm-hmm. Now, this is New York. First migrants arrived in New York City's Floyd Bennett Field, only to scoff and leave isolated site after just one look around. Disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, this is from the New York Post. The first batch of Migrants were bused to Floyd Bennett Field, a makeshift tent city in Brooklyn, on Sunday, and they wanted no parts of it. Dozens of migrant families arrived at the the controversial remote housing site, courtesy of Adams' administration, shortly after 12.30 p.m., looked around and promptly hopped back on the bus to return to the previous shelter. Another migrant father bused to the field said he has been living in Roosevelt Hotel, Midtown Manhattan, in the city processing site for migrants and was heading back there. There, they are only going to take us back to the train so we can get to 45th Street, he said. We don't, we didn't know we were coming here. They just told us they were taking us to a new shelter. I cannot stay here, he added. This is crazy. A controversial tent shelter in Brooklyn Boy Planet at one time a military airfield 
is due to the house two hundred two I mean, excuse me, two thousand migrants. But the first busload abandoned the site after taking just one look Sunday. <laughs> Could you imagine y'all y'all come to somebody else country? They give you somewhere to live and y'all oh that's not to our standards. Y'all lived in fucking Venezuela. Okay. One migrant father I'm sorry. About 2,000 asylum seekers from the United States border with Mexico are expected to eventually be housed at the site, which is drawing widespread criticism for everything from its remote location to fire safety concerns. There's no fire hydrants near the park, so it's a fire safety concern. Y'all in a goddamn tent. Don't light nothing on fire. Okay? Uh, State Assemblywoman... Jamie Williams, Democrat of Brooklyn, whose district includes the National Park, was at the field Sunday and spoke with a man who told her he was in the city's health and hospital system and had talked with someone, some of the migrants. When I asked him why did they leave immediately like that, he said the people, they were scared. The um, They were they weren't sure what they were doing here. They didn't want to be here. They they were asked to leave. They said they were so that is so isolated. They couldn't possibly get back and forth to work. Getting my kids to school from here would be insane. So they asked to leave. Migrants go get back on the bus. Leave field. Leave Floyd Bennett Field. It's a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> so this 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 democratic lady, she's trying to help them to to get them to take the to out the field. The field is nobody near the field. You don't even got a fire hydrant near. Ain't nobody been there since World War Two. Perfect place to put people, right? Right on the waterfront in New York City in the winter time in a tent. Y'all will get the point. But you know they want to. Black people got to be so humane. Oh my God, man, put. You got to put your foot on someone's throat and step on it, man. So anyway, <laughs> hey, um, Bev, uh, these, uh-huh. uh, I'm not going to keep reading this, but the, the migrants are unsatisfied with the treatment that they're getting. At the, <clears throat> so they was lying to you. They was told lies. But well, they was told, hey, come with they're us. We're going to take you to a new shelter. And then they get to the field, the tent. And they're like, hey, we're not mm-hmm. staying here. This is beneath our standards. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to drive you back to the train station and you get back to the hotel. Of course, when they get back to the hotel, their beds are gone. So mm-hmm. uh, now you got to decide whether you're going to stay on the hotel floor in the lobby or you're going to go back to the tent city that they made with you with bathrooms and, you know, but. The, the point is, is that they ain't never did this for no pure homeless New York people. You know what I'm saying? They, they, it, it shocks me that they had the capacity to do this. They could have been did this for people. You know how many black people live in the park or in the train station because the shelters yeah. I mean, are so overcrowded and they only go, they're going to take women first. So, you know, you're a man, you, you're pretty much out of luck. And they had the capacity to do this, to help people all this time, and they didn't do it. And the people that they're trying to help say, oh, this is beneath us. And I say, uh, saw, I saw a piece where they were talking about in New York, 
the 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 benches. They take the they take the um, chairs away at our substation. I'm, was that New York or Chicago? I think it was New York. And the benches yeah, outside, they, they making it so that the homeless can't lay on the bench, and they they making all this furniture against the homeless. Yeah, they they make the benches so it's like uh, let's just say it's flat against the wall. And when you want to yeah, sit on it, you got to pull it. it down. You got to pull it down so you can sit. But, you know, you can't sit on that little thing for but for too long where your ass starts yeah. to get up. You right. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, hey, I'm with that. But um, they, they, they get it. the people mm-hmm. that sleep in the train station, man, they, they they lay right on the floor of the train station. They ain't, they ain't sitting on no chairs or benches. They go lay on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, and that they, that's gonna be their bed for the night, you know, or the day, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. until the police mm-hmm. or somebody tell them to move, you know, or, mm-hmm. or the rats come up there or something. But I mean, that's how you see people live every day. They don't get to stay at no Roosevelt Hotel and no mm-hmm. get no tent built for them. Come on, man. Um, well, what the what the United States just showed everybody was that. We didn't. We don't have to have no homeless in America because they got plenty of money to take care of everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you right on point. Yep. This also from the New York Post. It's the land of the freebies. New York City's entitled migrants. You can say this is. Um, you can say this for the migrants demanding more free stuff from City Hall. They're fast learners about American ethos and endless entitlement. Tents in the Bronx, barracks in Brooklyn, or homeless shelters, anywhere um, anywhere are not good enough for them. Only first-class accommodation at world-class Manhattan hotels that cost upwards of $500 a night is acceptable for our migrants. They're, the welcome wagon comes with free food, free cell phones, free transit passes, free school, free health care, and free everything else, Bev. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, Adam supports Adam supports allies in the city council undercut him in different ways. They demanded to take down their tent cities and migrants, put the migrants back in hotels, give them permanent housing. But you, you know how hard it is to get permanent housing in New York is, Bev? That's what they saying. But they ran out of it's space like a, in Chicago. It's like a twenty-year waiting list to get in the projects. You ain't just getting in the projects, you know. And it's it's people who live in the projects paying eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars a month rent because that's they make money, but they can't afford to live somewhere else, so they stuck in the projects because they can't afford three thousand dollars a month rent to get an apartment outside of the project, so they're going to pay the high rent based off their salary to live in public houses. It's a, it's a travesty. And you just going to come in and give these people spots ahead of people who've been waiting for 20 years? You know how hard it is to get Section 8 in New York? It's, it's, and then once you get it, you know how hard it is to get someone who accepts it? You know what I'm saying? It's Man. Oh. Um, they take the mess to Midtown Hotels, which the Post reported Tuesday, front page smartly labeled Insane. They spell in like the hotel, I-N-N. The three-star Watson Hotel on 57th Street wound up normally 
to be the mecca for big spending tourists, but instead is the scene of a chaotic with some uh, migrant refuseniks pitching tents on the sidewalk in a bid to stay at the hotel instead of being shipped to the the yard where I was just talking about. So they ain't going to stay over there in Brooklyn in that army yard in that tent. No, we're going to go get our own tent and stay in front of the hotel that kicked us out. What is it? And you allowed them to do this? Man, the, they need to start taking their coats and boots every time you see them. <laughs> Take their coat and their boots. Right? By the summer. Uh, and they keep getting their coat and boots taken. They're going to get the hint. Okay? They ain't going to want to be here no more. Trust me. Uh, um, yeah, so um, either way, you get the point, man. Entitlement, uh, man. Um, Nearly a non-taxpayer provided food gets tossed in the... Um, nearly a ton of non-tax Oh, excuse me, God, I'm reading too fast. Nearly a ton of taxpayer-provided food gets tossed in the trash every day, the paper said, with because the migrants would rather secretly cook their own meals on dangerous hot plates, which are illegal in the hotel mm-hmm. to use, than eat the sandwiches that are being provided to them by the Red Cross. Photos show garbage bags of food, and open sandwiches, and other things that's been thrown out along with empty beer cans, of course, as we all these people drink. Bev, they crackheads. I oh, know. I saw bunch a bunch of needles and stuff laying around. Man. Oh, they, they are actually... My man in the Bronx was like, yo, it's like 1988 all over again out here. Yo, they yeah. love this stuff. I'm like, they want that? <sighs> So it's true that the country sent all the they uh, prisoners and crackheads and people that they didn't want. They sent all them over here. These are not. If you recall, Ben, right? They had this um this migration period. It's before I was born, so I'm not gonna be right with the years. But they let a bunch of Cuban migrants into the United. And mm-hmm. these people were doctors and lawyers and dentists mm-hmm. and construction workers. Mm-hmm. They had skills, and they came to the United States, and they adapted. And they, then they had another wave of Cubans that came after them when he emptied the prisons. And he mm-hmm. sent over all these these low lives, right? And that's what we yeah. got. That's yeah. the Venezuelans. They don't got skills. Yeah. They're not the Mexicans. They're not building mm-hmm. buildings and stuff. They're not the... These are the people that they came here thinking that this was a rap rap video or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. all their chicks are hoes. They, they the prostitutes everywhere. They chicks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can, mm-hmm. they, all they do is, is is a bunch of the future drug dealers, right? This is That's mm-hmm. what you're saying. You know, because mm-hmm. they're going to fit right in. They speak Spanish. They're going to get the work on consignment. They're going to be, like, real good. So um, just give it 10, 20 years, bro. This this is going to be a disaster. Well, they already, because no Ch- Yeah, well, they already doing it, because in Chicago, they the residents took pic- a camp pictures of them. They out there selling drugs on the street, yeah. like back in the and, day. And how, 
And how they allowed to sell drugs in somebody else's neighborhood is a call. Like, y'all didn't do nothing Right. But, you know, all these dudes around here in Harlem, they don't let the Arabs take over the weed industry from them. So anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Same so here. Same the, here. The dude, at, the dude at the corner store sell the weed now. And you can't mm-hmm. sell weed because everybody going to go get it from him at the corner store. And mm-hmm. you allowed him to do that? Y'all ain't catch him walking outside and yeah. smack him up? And say, yo, mm-hmm. tomorrow don't sell nothing. Like, what's going on here, man? Uh, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, what these um, migrants have done, they've, they created a serious budget problem. So we get this today uh, from Daily News. Budget cuts hit preschools, cops, libraries, as mayor blames migrants. New York City's expansion of pre-K, some trash pickups, the library services have been slashed as part of Adam's extremely painful cuts to the newly announced budget, modifying that looks to trim the city spending. So um, just a few things. Uh, They're closing down libraries. Preschools are going to get hit. It's, they might do away with pre-K. You got to start only at kindergarten now because um, they can't afford it anymore. And um, it's been proven that kids who go to pre-K do 60% better than kids who just start off in kindergarten, right? So you're going to mm-hmm. put everybody's kids at risk because of this. And check this out. Eric Adams wants parents to volunteer to protect NYC schools after safety agents are cut from the Gateway Pundit. So New York City Mayor Adams wants parents to provide security at the schools after safety agency agents who would have normally provided the service were cut. Parents are understandably outraged. Not only that they are not trained to do this, but who has the time? This is a direct result of massive spending the city has done to to handle the illegal housing border crisis. Adams warned that some services might be cut, and now it's time to do something about it. So he wants parents see in New York City, right? And this is what's needed in schools all around the country because then you won't have no school shooting. In order to get into school, you got to go through metal detectors. They got people who are trained. They, they're police officers. They go through the academy, but they don't They don't get a gun or nothing, right? They got to do like mm-hmm. the first six months of the academy instead of nine or whatever. But either way, they, they have you take off your shoes, take off your book bag, take off your coat, empty your pocket, walk through the metal detector, like going on a plane. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how you, well, as far back as I can remember, that's how you got into school in New York, right? No shootings in, in the school. No stat. You don't got none of that stuff happening here. That only happened in white neighborhoods where they're too free. So, right. Now they're going to take away the school safety agent, which makes all the kids unsafe now. But you want the parents who aren't trained to see what's in the book bag, who aren't, they did a report that how they showed how. The TSA agents let some people get through the TSA with a gun. They tried to get through a gun to, in the New York City school, man. They found that gun so damn fast. They they trained mm-hmm. at that. You know, they deal with this all day. Right. But um, you're going to have your mama doing it now. So this is what it's coming to, Beth. This is what it's coming to. Take down uh, of America. 
the takeover. It's, yeah, the takedown. It's takeover, yeah. It's the United States of China, man. Mm-hmm. China, Chinese States of America. This is it's, it's gonna it's gonna create communism. This is what all this chaos. Because what what happens when you put people under pressure? They're gonna want a solution. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Eighty percent of the wealth, eighty percent of the people are poorer than they were two years ago. Oh, they want a solution. Trust me. You know, this is where all these social programs is gonna come in. Universal basic income is slowly leading there. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me get into some of this technology stuff. I don't just do technology so much anymore. I think that the family don't like the technology so much. Because it's a little, it might be a little doom and gloom. Um, industrial, this is from Zero Hedge, industrial robot kills man in South Korea distribution center. A man in South Korea was crushed to death by a machine which apparently failed to differentiate him from the boxes of produce it was handling, according to Yahoo News. A man at a robotics company, 40s, was in the process of inspecting a robot sensor operation at a distribution center for an agricultural produce firm in Goistong province. The robot having been tasked with lifting boxes full of bell peppers onto a pallet appeared to be have identified the man as a, a box, according to the local police. The robotic arm pushed the man's upper body down against the conveyor belt, crushing his face and chest. He was transferred to the hospital but died later. The pick of the place robot, the pick the pick and place robot involved in the incident is one of two machines used at the pepper factory. These machines are common in South Korea agricultural community, communities which are struggling with the decline in aging workforce. And uh, that's a big problem in Asia, Beth, even in China. Um, no mm-hmm. one has kids anymore. No no one has been reproducing to replace the people who are already there. So when as they start dying off, there's no one replacing them. You see what I'm saying? So right. a lot of the jobs that were there and needed X amount of workers, those workers, when they die, it's no one to take their place. So they're heavy into the machinery in these Asian companies, countries, in particular Japan, South Korea, um, Vietnam, because they don't have a, a another generation of a workforce coming behind this generation. Um, and due to the what really um, killed off their um, population more than anything is feminism because feminism hit them in a way it did it not it's not the same type of feminism we have here but once the women were able to um, get into the workplace and do things they 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 were told if they have children it's over for them so they don't want no children they want to pursue their careers you know so. Uh, about 30 years of that is no one replacing these elders uh, over there. So they have, they rely heavy on these robots. And um, like I showed in that article, this robot crushed the guy. This wasn't an AI robot. It was just a lift up and place and sit down robot. But 
crushed his face in his chest, you know? Um, Talking about chaos, can you imagine if the robots get offline? That, now, that would be some total chaos. Yeah, right? Especially if it got a gun. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, we call it Terminator. Yeah. Yep. Um, TikTok continues to dominate the world's most downloaded apps. TikTok comes to so um, TikTok, as everyone is familiar, Chinese company, social media company. Um. To show how big TikTok is, last year it had 672 million downloads. People downloaded the app. 672 million people last year downloaded the app worldwide. Second was Instagram with 547 million. So you're talking a hundred million plus over Instagram. Um. And um, there's a big push for TikTok to become the next big global um, company to hit the stock exchange. It's not on the stock exchange right now, right? So that's a big, big, big deal. They want TikTok to hit the stock exchange. And uh, you're going to start seeing a lot of articles like this. But the reason why I pulled this one out was 672 million people downloaded that app last year. And we did shows talking about how dangerous it is, how it could lead people to depression, make them more depressed, mm-hmm. make them more anxious. So this is um, worldwide. Uh, Bev, I don't know if you heard this today. Sam mm-hmm. Altman out at OpenAI. So mm-hmm. OpenAI is ChatGPT. That's ChatGPT. Right. They, they right. got rid of the guy who founded it. Wow. They scattered. Got rid of him to death. <laughs> yeah, because hmm. um this at the two companies that they that will have the highest initial public offerings of all time are gonna be TikTok and OpenAI. Remember OpenAI mm-hmm. right now is a open source company. It's a five oh one C three, just like your church. It's under those okay. types of protections. They're mm-hmm. about to go public, and they want to get rid of the guy who started it. Wow. So he can't even yep. so, and get in on the wealth. I'm sure he's going to get some money out of it, but um, they took him off the no control. As, yep, no control, yep. They fired him mm-hmm. in as the CEO, and they got rid of the head of the board, which is his best friend as well. Mm-hmm. Got rid of both of them today. And this is the day after they had to go meet on Congress. And um, mm-hmm. he pretty much said that, you know, he he believes that AI needs to continue to grow at a, at a speed that is growing. Congress wants to slow down. We need you to slow this down. We need to regulate it. And he was mm-hmm. like, no, you know, we're going to keep going forward. He out of there today. So that's the deal we have Sam Altman out as out Sam Altman out at OpenAI, not consistently candid with the board. That's what the board said. Oh, he's not candid with us, so we're getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. 
So um, I thought that was interesting. Man, I mean, you talk about the biggest story of the year, and they just got rid of the dude, man. Um, yep. Um, UN, Bill Gates, team up to create 50-in-1 digital, digital panopticons. Okay, a panopticon, they call it. A digital prison for humanity. This is this was encoded in a technocracy course in 1934. And the technology has caught up to their lofty aspirations. There were only seven requirements for technocracy. Here are requirements three, four, and five. Number three, promote a continuous inventory of all production of all production and consumption. That's your blockchain. Four, provide a specific registration of the type, kind, et cetera, of all goods and services which were produced and used. That's your blockchain. Provide specific registration of the consumption for every of every individual plus record and description of the individual. That's your crypto, I mean, your digital currency right there, see? So this was the say this nineteen thirty four. This is when they started this stuff. Okay, United Nations and Bill Gates fifty and five scheme to impose a digital public infrastructure including digital ID, digital currency, and a digital wallet. In reality, upon a plan to eliminate privacy worldwide, explains journalist Alex Newman and focus with Allison Strange. Steinberg of One America's Network, da 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 da. So, once again, Bill Gates is behind a lot of this stuff. You know, he keeps coming up. You can't, you can't avoid him. I guess when you got so much money, that's what you do. You invest in, making sure everybody else can't get no money. You know, uh, World Economic Panel, uh, World Economic Forum panel. Quote. The poor will travel using virtual reality headsets, okay? In this article, it says the wealthy will be able to travel, but the poor will use virtual reality headsets to travel to the same place but from their own couch. Imagine Hmm. that. You can't afford to get on the plane. If you didn't take your your vaccines and everything, you're not going to be able to travel and do those things, right? Most of us are doing that. So you get to put on some virtual reality headsets and go to um, Vegas on your couch, you know, while rich people get to go to Vegas, you know, because they got money. Mm-hmm. They can afford those things because the gap between the poor and rich is just beginning to get further and further apart. Um, next story here, Harvard student. I'm oh, sorry, that's a whole other thing. Um, can you tell the difference? And this is very interesting. I thought of um, a lot of things here. Can you tell the difference? AI-generated faces more realistic than human ones. In what sounds like a science fiction thriller, Australian scientists found that white faces produced by artificial intelligence have a perception of being more realistic than the actual faces of humans. This is a startling discovery raising concerns about the potential reinforcement of racial bias online. 
as AI-generated faces of people of color do not receive the same level of recognition. If white AI faces are consistently perceived more realistic, this technology could serious, have serious implications for people of color by ultimately reinforcing racial biases online. This says the study senior author, Dr. Amy Dwow of the Australian National University and the media release. This problem is already apparently, I mean, excuse me, this problem is already apparent in current AI technology that are being used to create professional looking headshots. When used for people of color, the AI is altering their skin, eye color to those of white people. AI's tendency to distort the appearance of people of color further underscores the potential consequence of this phenomenon. In addition, concerns uncovered by researchers is the propensity of the individual to be deceived by AI-generated images, hyper-realistic faces without realizing it. Uh, so what they found out there is that when they use the AI software to create a face like you just need a face to to put on or add you, it doesn't need to be a real person but you want it to look like a real person when you take a white face it comes out looking so perfect uh but when it takes the black face the ai automatically tries to lighten the black person's skin tries to give the black person some green or blue eyes tries to make the change the black people's hair to be more straight so its way of correcting the image or, or creating an image is, is to make you look more white, you see? And that's embedded within the, the software itself. And um, let me keep reading here. It turns out that there's still some physical differences between AI and human faces, but people tend to misinterpret them. For example, white AI faces tend to be more proportionate to people mistake it for a sign of humanness, right? So what they do with the white person's face is they make it more, uh, the, the eyes are more in the same place on the same side. They make their face more perfect. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you get the Hollywood face. Everything is, is equal on both sides, you know, making them look more realistic, making you look more movie starish. You know what I'm saying? More, more like the people that you would see in Hollywood uh, or in the videos or whatever. Uh, however, they can't rely on these physical cues for long. AI technology is advancing so quick that the differences between AI and human faces will probably disappear soon, and you won't be able to tell the difference at all. Um, I thought it was interesting because the AI can do white faces perfectly, but it has a problem producing, they call it faces of color, people of color faces. And it um, brings me to the articles that I read a few years ago where the AI is like 93% accurate at facial recognition of white people, but only 50-something percent accurate doing facial recognition of black people, who, are, of course, <laughs> we need the most accurate stuff. We'll be in a police car and we ain't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? But um, I thought those were interesting. Did you have any callers, Bev? I know I've been talking for a long time. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the number is 3236. Three, Four two one five eight six. Push number one. If you have a question or a comment, we're opening up the phone line. So um, 
whatever you want to talk about or you want to talk about the subject that Chuck Moose is talking about, the lines are open. So we don't have any hands raised. Um, okay. There was some earlier, got, but they'll come back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a couple more articles here. New smart badge okay. comes with camera. Text messaging, AI powered virtual assistants, interface project onto a user's. This is what they were talking about replacing the phone with. And uh, it's a form of augmented reality, just that you won't need the glasses. But um, in regards to all artificial intelligence, smart and wireless devices, concerns about privacy, data, security are not going away, and, and for a good reason. Uh, of course, decades of research have also determined exposure to electromagnetic fields, EMFs, from activity trackers and other wearables, as well as other sources, including 5G, are biologically harmful. In fact, manufacturers are required to provide consumers with warnings about radiation emissions from cell phones and other wireless devices. Silicon Valley latest, latest gadget is an AI computer that you wear on your clothes. So they want this to replace your phone. Humane AI pen, a connected wearable, looks to replace the smartphone as humans' go-to communication device in techno- technological crunch. Smart badge is intended to be worn like a brooch or a corset. It comes equipped with a camera, text messaging, an AI-powered virtual assistant, and its most sci-fi adjacent feature, a a 720p resolution interface that projects onto the user's palm called laser ink display. All this for the retail price of $6.99 and a monthly data fee. Okay, so that's cheaper than an iPhone. With light and depth sensors, the the monitor face expression, voice tone, gestures, and other biometric data in the interest of creating user-friendly UX and authentic emotional responses, it also seems primed to play a role in biometric um, verification systems. Indeed, previous reports indicate that it will use the heartbeat detection to authenticate wearers via unique biometric signatures in their pulse. The microphone, camera, and gesture recognition capabilities also can be used to authenticate, at least in theory, okay? So, um, uh, and check this out, Bev. This is why I had this here. I knew it was a reason. The AI-10 large language module capabilities are powered by technology designed by OpenAI, the Sam Altman-owned company behind ChatGPT and WorldCoin. Altman owns roughly 15% stake in the company. Now, Altman was the guy I just told you got fired, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So he got this other company here that's ready to go. I, I'm, I'm trying to put things together here. Like, you know, is, is, uh, did they tell him don't do something with this and he didn't want to? You know what I'm saying? But right. um, looks yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so he keeping it moving. So they fired him on that, but he, he steady moving on. Yeah, it looks that way. So we'll see what he does with this new thing. 
This one from Gateway Pundit. Harvard students were part of the anti-Israel mob that harassed Jewish students evicted from housing. See how they call them an anti-Israel mob. These were a pro-Palestinian protest, but it becomes an anti-Israel mob. Uh, this is important because the brothers, they kicked out the black dude. All he did was stood there with the damn Palestinian flag. He gone, kicked them out of the campus, Harvard University. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. But that's the last one. I'm I talking about free today, speech. Uh, okay. Um, I yeah, think so. They're trying speech. to take away free Right. Mm-hmm. We have to push back. We have to. We can't give in to it because we will not have free speech or to be able to carry arms to protect ourselves either. So you won't have any recourse. That's what the way they want it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Now they got mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty-five thousand um, citizens in Israel have filed for their firearms. Right, because okay. they're arming their citizenry, and um, two hundred fifty-five thousand of the Israelis are trying to get their firearm permit. You know what I'm saying? So they're gonna have a totally armed society like ours too. Right. Mhm. And so, what about the other people uh, that they're fighting against? So they they gonna they trying to kill all them people. Um. Oh, wait up. I got the... Hold on. Check this out, Bev. Because I talked about the the migrants. Mm-hmm. Um, Israel legislators. Israeli legislators say Western nations should welcome the Gaza refugees. In a bold demonstration of Chutzpah, I guess that's a Jewish word, two current members of Israel's legislator took to the Wall Street Journal op-ed page and declared the Western countries, including the United States, should start taking in the Gaza refugees since they're not going to be allowed to go back into the Gaza Strip. So the United States is about to start taking in these people too. So. Ain't no more United States. Everybody coming over here, so it's it's, it's not no more. That, that's the part of the takeover. Yep, I think if we need to get up and go to somebody else's country, it's probably empty. <laughs> <laughs> they coming here now. I heard that um, that the speaker Johnson that he's going to uh, release. 44,000 hours of the January the 6th uh, footage to take to the public. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I mean, they're not going to yeah, tell I don't, us I don't nothing, really, but um, we don't already know. Yeah, I, I haven't really, you know, I only follow that through Dr. X because, you know, mm-hmm. my thing is, Man, I, that's white on white crime, man. Let them deal with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just glad we wasn't mm-hmm. doing it. But, um, yeah, right. I mean, um, I personally think that um, that was set up. The people that went in there and caused all the problems was um, pe- provocateurs uh, who were paid mm-hmm. to go in there, kick the door mm-hmm. in, and once you do that, everyone's going to follow. 
and now you created this situation where it looks worse than it was. So um, it's just like if you're in a protest or in a march, right? You march, there's no justice, no peace down the middle of the street. And if anyone could come with a a hoodie on, a couple people with hoodies on and mask on and throw some bricks through a store window, and now the store window glass is broke, and they run in the store and start taking stuff. Everybody's going to run in the store and start taking stuff now. Now you got a what looks like a riot, right? But it was caused by some provocateurs, and that's what I saw there. Those people with the orange hats, they just came out the crowd. They had on orange hats. It was a bunch of them. They had the same thing on with orange hats, and those were the people who started kicking in the doors. And once they got inside, they took off the orange hats, and they just blended in with everybody else, but they caused it. You know what I'm saying? I, I got a feeling they was paid. Oh, yeah. That that was all part of Pelosi and them playing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they knew exactly what to do. That was military people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why we don't have any hands raised uh, here. Usually the family has questions or comments. And everybody mm-hmm. is, uh, okay, here we go. All right, seven seven three three nine six seven seven three. Yeah, Bev, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hello, Tepmos. How are you? Hello, Tep, and better luck to you. Peace, peace. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Thank you so much. And uh, I wanted to just say, as far as Diddy, well, I guess you reap what you sow. So I don't feel an ounce of pity for that. I'm just trying to figure out, honestly, how do you even remotely figure that anybody of his stature is somewhat of an icon when absolutely everyone's career that he has touched, he has destroyed? I don't get it. I don't get it. And see, it seems like to me it's situations like him that really makes him think and feel that he, you know, in a sense is above white supremacy or at least bought himself out of it it's just like, to me, as bad as uh, Richard Pryor, who figured, to me, if it's true about the gay rumors, standing next to Marlon Brando makes him somewhat of, a, of an exception when he wants to blow your back out. But anyway, um, and also, as far as China, is it safe to say, Tutmos, that it's uh, who is to blame for the stature that they put on the people when it comes to the fact that you are restricted in the amount of children that you have and women are not valued. Well, just like Brother X always says, how can you not get a true understanding, overstanding, and fundamental whole standing of the situation when the woman has the ability to make another one of you? They don't that's, that's, the that's, that's the question, Tetmo. Oh, man, well, you, that's self-explanatory, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they, they got the power to make another one of you, you know? Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't get it either. It, it, because it, it's, it's bad enough. I mean, are we looking at similar situations here, like you stated, as far as kicking the man out, well, look how it, I mean, it doesn't matter which sex you kick out because either which way you're going to lose. 
you can't make a person, another person with the same sex. And if women are choosing to go for a career opposed to the oppression of what they offer there, then everyone, in a sense, is in trouble. Because if the women aren't reproducing because they don't want one, then that says a lot about the whole demeanor of the situation there in general. Well, if you got robots replacing people because they don't have the, the bodies themselves to, to take over, again, bye-bye pretty soon. That's the whole plan. Yeah, because when you have a girl in their society, they, they have like the, the, they really wanted a boy. You know what I'm saying? So you sort of have these expectations to do what a boy does, you know, and that that's sort of the mindset that they have. What kind of mindset is that, Tutmost, if you want a boy? Okay, great. You want a leader. Good for you. But a leader still can't lead without no damn cootie coo. Well, that's the problem they have in China, right? Because for all those years of um, aborting the girls, you know, once they see the sex of the baby, if it's not a penis there, they have an abortion because they can only have one child. And they wanted the male child to carry you on the family name. So for all those years of that happening, they got almost 10 men to every female. So a female in China... She doesn't want to have a baby because she got five, six, seven, eight, ten boyfriends. They all paying for everything. So she got a boyfriend who deals with the car, a boyfriend who deals with the house, a boyfriend who. So they don't they don't look at dating and stuff the way we look at it. You know, it, it, that's that's community poopy. You know what I'm saying? That, that's community. You know, if she get so, what's her incentive to have a child when she gets it like that? She'd be tied down to one of them instead of having getting stuff from all of them. Ten boyfriends to a female is not going to work. A last thing a woman needs is ten different levels of uh, what does um, Kwame say? Spiritual energy exchange. The last thing a woman needs is that amount of energy and that many personalities up inside of her. That That, that does not work. I'm not being sexist or saying anything like that. But we got to be real about it. You know, one man with 10 women is going to make a lot of people. It, I mean, that's just the facts. I'm not pointing hands or saying that, you know, old school still works. I'm just saying that that's just basically how it goes. A man can get it in until he's 80. A woman is not going to have 10 babies by 10 different men. That's absurd. It just doesn't work that way. That's just as bad as thinking that you can switch your sex. But here's the, the, my point in this whole statement is this. Well, in a lot of ways, that's what you get because you, you've destroyed your future. Now, I cannot think of this guy's name. I'm terrible with names, but one guy, he is for, um, you know, the uh, – the leaders of the past, such as Columbus and conquering this and conquering that. And he's, I believe he's kind of subtly, um, he's a racist if you really, really listen to him. But the thing that he, this, this guy had said was um, he stated that this woman, she, she, was, she posted on air most that she is 30 years old and she doesn't have any children. This is a white woman. 
and she can get up late and she can sleep late and she can drink during the day and go to a Beyonce concert at night. And the funny thing about it is this. In a lot of ways, he said, she, uh, he stated that I think subliminally it's a shame because technically you're at your prime to make more of us. But here's the thing is the real reason why you're speaking about her saying that she can sleep late and go to a Beyonce concert is because she doesn't want to make another one of you. Now, let's be real about this, Tutmos. If you got a bunch of white women who feel that way, y'all in trouble. Because if she chooses to reproduce with one of us, you know, black, well, you know, hey, your your race is going to be filtered out. But just on that same note, she doesn't want to make another one, another person. She does not want to make another one. Eventually, that land is going to get quiet, just like it would be if you got a bunch what of friends. What she's saying, she don't want, um, she don't want to be under the the um, tutelage ship of a man. So I get Maybe to do so. whatever I want to Maybe do. So. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. really what that's really what they they, they push to them in school, right? Um, you don't need the man, you know. You can live this lifestyle without the man. So with the man, you can't sleep late and do all those things, right? He's gonna want you up, you know. Get up, and, you know, fix some breakfast or so. You know what you doing, you know. But that's not, you know, the reality of the what they call the modern women. They don't mm-hmm. want that. You know, they it's kind of showed out in that Barbie movie um, when you had um, all of those Barbies and the women ran everything in, um, in society. The men were sort of like the women are in society, right? They just like the support mechanism. And then um, they go to the real world, and the man learns about the patriarchy. So he's like, oh, shoot, out here the men run stuff, not the women. So when he gets back to Barbie world, he tells all the guys, yo, up there, the men run everything. So they start to take over stuff from the women. And the women are all happy. They weren't happy before. They were all working and doing everything. Now the men do everything, and they can just sit around and chill. And, you know, they they got to be women for the first time in their life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, the right. support to put the matriarchy back in place, and that's the feminist part of it, but uh, wasn't life a lot easier for women when they didn't have to do all this stuff? I mean, I mean, come on, like I don't get it. Like, it, but they want this. They've been sold this reverse role, man. And especially with the young, um, like when you say thirty, the young girls are told, especially by women who are in their thirties, girl, go out there and live your best life. Don't be tied down to no man. You know, when you're twenty, that's when you're supposed to have fun. And really, that's the time when you're supposed to get tied down to a man because that's your best years to reproduce. That's your best years to be a mother. That's when you're at your prime as a woman as far as looks and everything. So that's the best time right. for you to, to get the man that, you know, that's going to, you know, that pick right, but, you know, get the man. And then um, you go out here, you, you go out here, you have this fun, you travel, you do all these things, you have all these other experiences with other men and then you're now you're 30 32 33 your biological clock is ticking and now it's like okay 
you know, who's going to take me serious? And uh, the guys are looking like, yo, you know, you, I don't, I'm not going to take you serious. You spent your whole 20s having fun. You know what I'm saying? I want to have some fun with you. That's all I, that's all I, you can do for me. You know, you have fun with everybody else. You know, and what you have is these are uh, a lot of women who are choosing to scramble to try to um, feed their age and stuff and, and try to wait for the man. That's not going to come. You know what I'm saying? Because you right. it's time to find that man. You wasted it having fun. So now it's time to be serious. And these men, men typically make more when they get older. You know, they typically have more. They could do more things as they get older. As women get older, it, it doesn't. It never matters to a man what a woman can provide. We don't look at women as providers, right? We're supposed to be the provider, you know. But as you get older, women age. And men, a man who is now who's in his forties and fifties, and he got money, he could get him a twenty-five-year-old. Why he gonna put up with a thirty-five-year-old woman stuck in her ways, who waited and lived her life? I mean, he could get the young version of you. You know what I'm saying? So that that's the dilemma that you see women to, in today's marketplace, putting them in the dating marketplace, the things putting themselves in. And also, uh, if you notice, a lot of restaurants and things are closing all around the country. That's because no one dates anymore. Dating is something that people my age do. If you're in your 30s or you're young, if you're young, y'all people don't date. They hook up. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, so it's, it's before you date the guy, you already done had sex with him in all kinds of positions. Now you know he he he's he, he still calling you, so now you're gonna take him serious. You know what I'm saying? But that's how the relationships start in this day. It's not like yo, let me take you out, let me get to know you. It's more or less like yo, let me come over and um let let's do it. You know and you know she like okay, and then y'all did it. You know and it was no. No date, no movie. The movie theaters are all closing. The, the restaurants are all closing. Because that's not a part of this paradigm anymore. And, yeah, that you may, know, uh, that's just the thing, too, though, Tut. Uh, the, it's the tipping issue, too. The tipping has gotten out of hand because they ain't making no money. Uh-huh. Let me let uh, Kwame uh, to the table. Kwame, you're live. Hotel Mommy. and better love, yeah. Mr. Bell. And good evening, Hotel. Thomas, and good evening to 773. Thank you, Kwame. Thank you so much. Yeah, but, you know, interesting part that y'all are talking to, because this this part of, I guess, as being an elder. Just give me one second to say this last part um, to the ladies. Uh, and also, in this generation of young people, they don't have the type of money that is in the last generation. So, like, in the case of a lot of young people, they still still at home with their parents. They don't make enough money to go get their own apartment. The price of rent has overdone the amount of money they could get to pay it. You know what I'm saying? So it's a whole different, um, man, like, the, the, the possessions that the youth have is anymore. So what you're going to start seeing is a lot of young women getting with older guys because they're going to have the things they want. You're not going to see those, and you're going to see a lot of young guys, you start to see this now, being that they can't get the women, 
because they don't have the things that the women are attracted to. It's not they're not attracted to the guy, they're attracted to the things that they can flash, you know, it's it's, it's, it's the clout to, you know, if they could take a picture with this guy with a nice car and a nice chain and then that means more to them than being with this guy who's a who's a he's aspiring to be tall but he's not there yet. You know, so you're gonna start seeing a lot of that happening. And with that type of scenario, there's not going to be any marriages. That's going to be a bit of a split. So you're going to see um, that um, happen more often, too. I'm sorry, Kwame. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, and these are excellent points because we got to look at something. If you go on to the Pew Report research, February 27, 2023, and what you're looking at is nearly half of black Mm -hmm. Americans under 30. Nearly half of black Hello? Americans under 30. And this is what you're talking about when you're saying talk most about these, this part of it. But what we're looking at in this, this new part of, you know, try it out before you, you, you settle down with it. The part that we're looking at is that they're not repro- looking at not even looking at reproducing. They're just looking at having their fun while they're, while they're still young. The other part is is that generationally we're losing our population because you look at the European and especially in Europe, they're over a million or something short because their population are not producing. So you're having generations of, of people that are going to be without caretakers when they get to be seniors. You're gonna have that's generations, of, and that's 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 what that's what you're looking at. What, what look what China? Okay, you're looking at one child. If that child dies, you don't have enough. Who is gonna take care of the seniors? Because the majority, you have over five million people between the age of after age sixty-five. There's five million five hundred twelve percent. Ten million in the forty-five to sixty-four. You got nine million thirty to forty four, you got eighteen to twenty nine, that's eight million, and then you got eighteen year olds is twelve million. So you're looking at if we don't start producing, or if you do start producing and you know, you got single families, so by the time that person if they don't decide to marry and reproduce and give their mother grandchildren they're going to be the caretaker for that el- that elderly mother because a lot of the homes that we are, are raising our children in is basically one one parent house. So you're looking at that, send that child off to school, and if he decides to come back, that's the problem because a lot of times they don't want to come back to the community that they left. And then you have that cycle to where, now you have this elder stuck there in, in, in the space that they, they raised their child in, and most of them are not having it to where the grandmother had a home. The mother that's got the new grandchildren, they live in an apartment, some of them. Just like you were saying, talking about people having to, to, in the new, to get a, live in a project. And then the other part is, who wants to date a man that's living in his mother's house? But young people are doing it, and and young people uh, I've seen young people where 
the the women is staying with with the mother and the son. So it's it's a different generation, and we're looking at is this a new form of genocide or is this a part of what they call learned helplessness? Because we we're, we're dealing with a lot of learned helplessness that we we're seeing in our communities. Is that we're looking at you know the woman is getting out, she's getting her degree, she's going out, she has her career. And the man is looking at, you know, some of the brothers are going and getting their, their degrees, but some of them get their degrees in, in the iron house, you know, to where they learn that, hey, you know, the streets is where I make my money. So it's, it's looking at this challenge. How are we going to look at, I have great-grandchildren, and I'm looking at what is going to be their future when they get to be, my my grandson's age, because he's 25, 28, what is the world going to be like for him when he gets to be his age, his dad's age? It's something we got to look at. Now, what you but just said, Kwame, Kwame, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Tesla. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say what he said, and I was compelling, but this is the, the problem I see, right? You got more black males in college today than ever, right? But they're not the people that the black females today are attracted to. They like the guy who got the little prison record, got the tattoo on his face, a little reckless. And so they, those are the ones they're procreating with, right? And then they say, oh, he's a dead dead dad. Well, you kind of should have known that when you wrestled with him. You knew he was a thug, you know what I'm saying? But they attracted to that. Because of the music and, and the culture, they, they think that's a man. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he'll go and shoot somebody. Or he, he got the look of the rapper they like or whatever. And, and that's, that's becoming a big problem because the people who should be coming together to procreate off, she should be marrying or getting with the guy in college that's sitting next to her. But he's a, he's boring to her. He's he in college. He you know he he street. You know she wants that edge. She wants that that excitement. Kwame, uh, I'm sorry, Tamos. Is it safe to say that it's uh, excitement or the fact that that dude is a real ride or die? And uh, see, the only reason why I'm saying that is because I do I did know someone um, who he made kind of a joke about his family being that someone uh, uh he had a a family family members who were kind of thuggish and you know they did the dip in front of the casket at the funeral or whatever you know and he thought it was a bit comical but i have to admit to, uh to most of, at least they know who they are and the reason why i'm saying that is this do you and I work for the railroad, and I have never met somebody more of a freaking T-U-Triple-S-Y before in my life. And then, see, in this business, you have to realize you have to stand your ground against them. But what's sickening is the way he would be so passive when you expect him as a black man to at least act like you got a pair of something between your legs other than that thing you use to pee. And I'm not saying that that's all for everyone and that's the reason why they want, want the bad boy, 
I'm just merely saying that is it safe to say that the reason why they now, do you made a great point. Is, but who okay. raised them? Who raised the boys? I'm not exactly sure, but I just thought that yeah, I'm I, like, I guarantee if he a black kid, it's an eighty percent chance that he was raised by a woman. So he that's how he's gonna act. So he don't know no better. You know what I'm saying? Dudes in the street, they well, okay, get, they got with dudes are, in the street. Your cousins are doing dips in front of a, a casket because they, they homie got taken out or whatever. I'm just saying at least they know who they are opposed to you. No, Why I agree with you. Why don't you defend I... yourself at this job? Because if you can't defend yourself, then you won't defend me. And I'm not saying that you're supposed to, mm-hmm. but if you ain't going to defend yourself, you ain't going to defend me. How can I speak on your behalf when it's not your fault when – we're working together, and you're be- I'm calling you on the radio. Why aren't you answering? Oh, they took over the mm-hmm. job. I'm gonna just sit down. Bye. I can't. I can't. I can't relate. I can't deal with that. And I'm not I looking for you. a lot of die. I'm merely looking for someone who has some level of fluid in their spine. That's all. Yeah, I I, I say man too. Nah. Single mother in effect. That's what I call it. Because a lot of people who have a single mother, they they, they had no man teach them how to be a man, how to stand up for himself, what what how how to conduct himself in certain situations like a man. So they they kind of but do look what their like mother if he do. out and it look like if he's out there in those streets, those streets gonna teach you. Yeah, the chief is full of men that's going to teach you how to be a man. They're going to teach you how to be the... But if, if you at home with your mama, and that's what you did, and then you went to school, and you went from oh, there to that. a oh. job, oh. yeah, those dudes, those dudes is, isn't going to stand up for themselves like that, you know, unfortunately. But I wanted to piggyback on what you were saying about the brothers in college. You know, mm-hmm. my granddaughter and your daughter graduated this year around the same time. And mm-hmm. her fiancé, supposedly, that they were going to college together and, and this whole bit. And come to find out, because my brother-in-law is, is up there in the campus. He's he's retired professor at Northern, and he was one of the old head campus. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to get into the, to the campus. And so he got him, and he, he got him in. He pledged, and he got got into the campus and turned around there, time for graduate. Then they broke up. He broke up because on the side, he had this white chick that he was dealing yeah. with, mm-hmm. and he was looking at this fraternity, getting in there, having the brother to get him the jobs that he was going to get when he came out of college was his scheme. But he used her mm-hmm. to get to him in order for him to get, get in and be able to, to put to make make the, the campus. And so mm. I looked at this and I'm going like, yeah, but even when my daughters were going to school, I told them, I said, if a young man's asking you for your phone number, ask him what is his GPA. Because if his GPA is lower than yours, you don't need to give him your phone number because you ain't gonna lie. he ain't don't he don't know nothing. But what about when those feelings get to, you know, when when you make a connection with somebody, you don't be thinking about GPA and all nothing else when those 
energy yeah, and, gets and disconnected. But that's the discipline part, and and yeah, and and this is what the part you're talking about, the part of dating and knowing each other and then moving that. That's not today. You know, most folks doing online dating is that they turn around here and walk into a restaurant and meet somebody they met online. You know, once upon a time when you were dating, you had to go and meet that folks' parents. And mm-hmm. then they want to know who you are, who are you messing with my Because, hey, I, I stood in front of a lot of women's dads. And it's the thing that, that that man looking at you, and he know, you know, if you getting ready to mess up my daughter, you got to deal with me. Also, the way you meet women are different, right? Because you don't. It's considered toxic masculinity in this generation for a guy to approach a woman on the street and talk to them. You know, you, you're supposed to, you know, speed up your walk and get away from them. You're, you don't meet nobody on the street. How do you don't even know him? You know, you meet them online and you get to see their profile and you kind of get a connection that way. So just if you're trying to, excuse me, sweetheart, you look nice today or something like that, that's not how you approach women anymore. It's not like when I grew up, you had to talk to a girl and, you know, kind of get her number and nah, it don't work like that anymore. So a lot of things have changed over the years. You know, if you were going out in the, it's pretty, it's easier for, a, 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 like I say, an elder guy, like even my age, right? I got a job, you know, hey, I, you, you, it's more of a proposition these days. Like, you, you know, what, what are you expecting out this relationship? Or this little you, thing you're you, a man you with know? benefits. Yeah, I got some, I, I can get you one of those, you know what I'm saying? That's no problem, you know? That's all you want, you know? All right, well, let's um, you come meet me tonight, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about it some more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's it, for guys with, with some money and a, and a little game, it's, it's simply simple these days. You ain't got to do Aren't most of those things. guys taken? Aren't most of those guys got a wife or a woman or something? The women don't care these days. Oh. That's that. You got a wife, so what? I mean, I'm getting what I want from you. I don't care about her. That's the so you that's what I'm trying to explain. Like you'll find the same guy. One guy had eight girls. That's normal because he's a he's a guy that the girls like. They don't like this these guys here. They they he got he got that yeah. I, I want to be with him and I'll take Thursday. I'll be there every Thursday. No problem. You know what I'm saying? You got a Wednesday. Ch- I won't come around Wednesday. I'll see you Thursday, okay? You know, they're very cooperative. Kwame, can I ask, though, when you speak about um, show me your GPA or, or whatever, you know, if you want my number, I can, you know, get a perspective of, you know, your point, but is it safe to say, Kwame, that even if he does have a a great GPA, the agenda in general is, let's just say hypothetically, is this someone that you really would even want in your, your, your grandchild's life or your daughter's life, even if they have a great GPA, but their agenda 
is to think and feel that if they get to a certain status, they're going to dump her to get with a white woman. I mean, and, well, that, and, and the reason... But I'm don't you say it's not, a, it's not a huge percentage of black men with white women. I think it's 12% of black men are in a relationship with white women out of 100%. That's a real small percentage. You know, it's okay. not. Well, I mean, I mean, in general, you know, when I speak about like using someone as a, as a, but the reason well, yeah. I, I said the thing I'm saying that you looking at a guy and the part of him saying, okay, I want your number. The thing of it is, is that what else do you are you as equal to me as far as your education? Is that something that's important for you? That was the reason I shared that with her. Cause mm-hmm. the thing that it is, you know, you can get these good looking men, but he can't he can't cut he can't cut grass, he can't chop wood. All he can do is, is, is lay up and, and let you call him baby and, and take care of him and say, Hey, can you buy me this and can you buy me that? You can starve by yourself. You know, I'll look good to you, ain't good for you. And this exactly. is the part to where this is the part of where we have in the, the thing when you have young ladies coming up in single household and her mama got a revolving door and she's looking at that. The thing that you're looking at is where does she get to see what the value of a man is if her father ain't there? Okay. Okay. Okay, I get you. Well, yeah. Uh, see, yeah, I, I wouldn't care, man. As long as he's in school, you know, he can work on the GTA. He got some drive. He's trying to get somewhere. You know, I I, I could work with him, dude. You know, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I wasn't the best student, you know, but, you know, it's it's, it's a matter of you, you, you're able to stick this out and, and finish this for four years. You know, you showed me that you at least, Dedicated to be to fit set to amount and finish the goal, you know. So I, I look at that. Um, and more so and everybody is, yeah, everybody's not right. into school. You know, you got some guys no. who got trades. You know, they good. They they might not have a, a college degree, but they know how to. Uh, they got a, a heating, cooling, or electric electrical degree or something like that. You know, it's great. Another thing that got it, I've been married three times. Uh, my second wife died. But the, the first mm-hmm. two, my my first wife, she's an attorney. But the thing I can't, I lost her is because I came in, back home from Vietnam, drugged out and crazy, and she didn't want to deal. I, wouldn't, I didn't want to deal with me either for the first 10 years of my life. But the third one got it, and I've dated women and saying that the reason I, I, I was attracted to you you work, you're responsible, you, I can come to your place, it's clean, you know how to cook, you can cook better than me. And this was the thing because that was the part that my mom told me. She said, son, you better get in here and learn how to cook something that you like to eat because you're going to mess around and meet women that can't do what you that you want to eat. So learning to be responsible and showing myself how I love me it's how I can show you how I love me by what I do for me. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Right. Well, well, with that being said, 
Uh, we have come to the end of our time, and uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next Friday, and I want to thank everybody at, at the round table. Could I ask a question? And thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because I was trying to see seven seven three. I know Tutmo. Okay. I know Sister Bell, but I didn't know you knew my name. But I'm going like, who is this? Oh, uh, I just just refer to me as sister from Chicago. I um I I've okay. listened to Bev for a while now, and yeah, she's been, been listening. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been listening okay. to uh and, and go to uh, Brother X's forums uh in in here in Chi Town whenever he has not if I'm able to get there. But I mean, I just you two in particular, Tutmos and Kwame, you two. I mean, honestly, I I just can't see Bev's show. Without you three guys with Brother X, because I mean, you guys give such a plethora of information that, and like I said before, I really wish I had known you honestly, Kwame, a lifetime ago. Well, I lived in Chicago. <laughs> I grew oh, no, up I'm just there. saying in general. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Yeah, so, she part yeah. of the family. She part of the well, Thank you, Beth. Thank you so much. Seven, seven. But they support I, I, I'm this. grateful because we need we need some strong black women to, to get in here, and sometimes you have to check us because we don't know it all and we don't have it right to understand the total part of it. And that's what Bear because Bear Bear been running that motherboard and she will straighten us out. <laughs> yeah, and I agree because there's always room to you know to agree that we can disagree. But the only thing, honestly, with me is this: I refuse to accept that all men think and feel the way, a certain way that has happened to someone who had a bad experience. And I will, I mean, that's just me. I mean, even in my experiences, even though there was, you know, if it was a bad experience, I know for a fact all men ain't like that. All women ain't like that. And like you said, in order for you to, Bring forth those around you. You have to be a reflection of what it is that you want by showing it in yourself. I agree. That's right. If, if, if you tell me you that if I tell you I love you, then I first have to understand how to love me. And if I don't exactly. know how to love me, then I, I'm lying to you. That's true. That is so true. Well, <clears throat> Again, thank y'all. I enjoy it as Thanks, always. Sarah, love you. Know, looking forward to next uh, Friday. Better love, everyone. I'll be here. Thanks again. Better, better love, love you all. Thank love. you so much for taking my call again. Hotep, better thank love. Thank you for fellas. calling. Hotep. Thank you for taking my call. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. What am I going to put on here? Ah. Uh-huh. 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.